0: Measuring Line. I'm your host, Heath Meadows. What are the marks or signs of revival? What constitutes a real revival? Well, to answer that question, we need to go back and look at the first great awakening that happened during the 1730s and 1740s and use some pretty reliable resources there from a gentleman called Jonathan Edwards. And I think we've already talked a little bit about Jonathan Edwards on this podcast before. His famous sermon centers in the hands of an of God. Really believed this to spark some of the great awakening. But he also wrote some several books about revival. The first one, believe it or not, this is an actual title for a book: "A Faithful Narrative of the Surprising Work of God in the Conversion of Many Hundred Souls in Northampton, 1737." So after he wrote this book, he really became a you know, kind of a very famous worldwide known person and preachers tried to duplicate what he was doing. They could not do it, so then they turned on him and basically started accusing the work and the move and the, and the revival as the work of the devil. Now, that's something that just doesn't change. You can look back throughout time, and there are always hypercritics, even with this move in Asbury, whether it's revival or not. I'm not at that point to say it is or not. I've not experienced it. The hope is for me to, this weekend, check it out, but whether it is or not, I'm certainly not going to make that decision from afar. I don't believe that would constitute, one, it's not wise. I mean, no one makes a decision from about anything concerning a, a, an event standing back and only seeing eclipses and hearing testimonies. Now you can start to formulate an idea of what's going on by testimony and what, and what's happening, what you see on TV. But the reality of it is to really judge something and to see if it is a move of God or whatever whatever the instance might be, you should really be there. It's almost like judging somebody without walking in their shoes or not trying to be empathetic and seeing it from their side, which our society does quite, quite a bit. I would very much rather err on the side of caution than to judge something as not a move of God and then later find out that I was wrong and it actually was and I was speaking against a move or something God was doing in the earth. I think that's, that's, that's much more unwise than just simply waiting and seeing what happens. And I definitely don't ever want to find myself on the wrong side of God. That's for sure. So... Jonathan Edwards, taking these accusations, he comes out with a book called The Distinguishing Marks of a Work of the Spirit of God. He published that in 1741, and he really sought to discover and investigate, on a a logical scale, signs of a revival versus signs that could also be emotionalism or somebody's mental health or could be something that's, you know, the crowds kind of work themselves up into, community things, cultural things, or even mental health issues. So he wanted to distinguish between things that could be either or and things that are definitely, yeah, these are are signs of revival, something's going on. And I, I think this is a solid base for us to approach any so-called move of God in today's world, even though these were 300 years ago, so unreliable signs. Now, these signs can be both something that the Holy Spirit causes people to do, and signs that are also have other sources for or other reasons why they're why they're why they're happening. So. Again, Jonathan Edwards didn't say that people never do these stains when the Holy Spirit is upon them. They do. But it also can happen because of other emotional states or whatever the, you know, this, this like I said, emotionalism, mental health issues. So these are either or So one of the things he said, there is intense or imposed emotions. Now, the Holy Spirit absolutely can do that, but also there are things within us that can cause that. There can be, you know, psychological issues that that stir up emotions or things in our past that come, come to the surface that stir these things up. Not necessarily a work of the Holy Spirit. Number two, bodily effects, tears, fainting, things of that nature. Absolutely, the Holy Spirit can do that. So can other things, right? Emotionalism, again, can be one of those things that we get stirred up in the moment, caught up in the moment, and we're not really in the flow of the spirit. We're just kind of stirred up in our own. i tell you a good example of this. Watch a concert. If people are really into the concert, if the song's happy and upbeat, they're dancing. If it's a sad song, you'll even see people crying. That's emotionalism. And it's definitely something that can happen in the church. Fluent and fervent speech. Yes, the Holy Spirit can take somebody that's normally shy and stutters and they can just pelt out a sermon like ain't no other. But also there are other explanations for that as well. So we can't, again, these are unreliable. These things can be either or. Love for God and others, you can have that going into the meeting, so that's not necessarily a sign that something's going on. Or it could just be you're in a group of community and they're all everybody's being nice and in a good mood and joyful and hey, I love everybody. Fervent worship or practice of spiritual disciplines is another thing that can be done without a move of the Holy Spirit or can be fired up by the Holy Spirit. Again, unreliable. These neither confirm or deny the Holy Spirit is at work, but reliable signs. And I like the way Edwards did this because he's thinking what would the devil definitely not allow to happen? And pretty much that's what revival is. So the first one is greater love, esteem and honor for Jesus. If a revival is pointing to the cross and pointing to Jesus and the work of what he's done and, his, and loving him and does not generalize a God but focuses on the God, Jesus Christ, then that's a good, good, reliable sign. Number two, a desire for holiness and sins becomes more painful. The devil's never gonna want you to think sin is painful. He wants you comfortable in your sin. And he definitely don't want you to want anything to do with holiness whatsoever. Number three, great love for the Bible. He does not want you in the Bible. That's the sword that strikes him down, the word of God. He doesn't want you there. Number four, more confirm, more confirmed in the deep and central tenets of the faith. So your roots grow, you become deeper ingra- ingrained in what, what our faith is about. The devil doesn't want you to mature and be deep rooted. And number five, love of God and neighbor. Now you say, well, wait a minute, that wasn't the other one. Well, this is a little bit different. This is a love of God and your neighbor at great loss or personal sacrifice to yourself. See, there's a difference. We can love everybody, but it doesn't cost us anything. True love will cost you something. Just ask your spouse. They'll tell you. So this love, it's a supernatural, infused love of the Holy Spirit. It, it will not come in a false revival because the devil just does not want you anywhere near that kind of stuff. Because the, the fact of the matter is, if the devil can't stop a revival, he will try to derail it. And he will do that using some weird, crazy stuff to try to get it all messed up and, and, and off course. And it's disappointing because there have been revivals in the past. The disinformation has been very readily available to anybody, including major leaders in the church. And they let all these kind of weird, wonky things, and it kills the revival. It kills. It grieves the Holy Spirit, and, and and you know what could have been is no longer. And I really believe we need to get back to some of the just wisdom of our fathers and church history here. But this is something that when I if, if I get to go or plan on I plan on going to Asbury, this, these are these are things that I will use to to make a, a clear t- understanding of what's going on there. I already know that there are some of these reliable signs that are being demonstrated there my understanding is there's a focus on holiness and repentance and people are just blurting not really just blurting out but they're given opportunity to publicly speak transgressions and people are doing that and it's that's you know most people don't want to do that so we're we'll see I, I hope to make it down here this weekend and really check it out. But you know, Jonathan Edwards said if these these signs, these reliable signs are demonstrated in a move of the Spirit, he says, do not dare hinder the work, but do all to assist it. I think it's wise to use those lessons of the past to kind of give us a flagship. Now that doesn't mean God's not doing something different, but I think what Jonathan Edwards here has pointed out is that regardless of how it comes, and in the form that it comes in, the five tenets that I re- outlined here that are reliable signs, those things are going to be present regardless. And if you think about it, it makes a whole lot of sense. So until we talk again, God bless.